Thank you for joining us for the third Missouri River Basin Water Management Call of 2012. I am Monique Farmer, and I will be the moderator for today's call. These calls are recorded in their entirety. Your participation acknowledges your consent to be recorded. The agenda for today's call will be as follows. We will start with Mr. Doug Cluck with the NOAA Central Region Climate Services Director out of Kansas City, um, Kansas City, Missouri. He's going to talk about the long-range precipitation and temperature outlooks from the NOAA Climate Prediction Center. Those outlooks were updated earlier this week. Dr. Dennis Toddy, the South Dakota State Climatologist, will not provide an update, but he is also on the line to answer questions related to weather conditions. Jody Farhat, Chief of the Missouri River Basin Water Management Division, and her staff will provide an update on the Corps' reservoir release schedule. Levy repair status updates will be provided by Brett Budd, Chief of the Omaha District Systems Restoration Team. To address the time-sensitive need to rehabilitate levee systems and dam projects along the Missouri River and associated tributaries, the Omaha District has established the Systems Restoration Team, otherwise known as the SRT. <coughs> this team has been charged with executing more than $500 million in projects by leveraging the best resources of the Corps to bring innovative, world-class solutions to reduce the level of flood risk to the people of the Missouri River Basin. We will also receive an update on repairs from Ms. Robin Wonkum with the Kansas City District EOC. And then we will follow up with questions by state. Just a reminder that we will use a force mute function during this call to unmute your line. Please enter star six. This function does not work on all phones. Please be aware that if this mute function does not work on your phone, all others on the call will be able to hear your conversation. I would now like to do a roll call for this afternoon's speakers. Doug Cluck, are you on the line? Yes, I am. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Dr. Toddy, are you on? I, I think he's not joining us today. Okay. How about Robin Wonkum with the Kansas City District Emergency Operations Center? Robin, are you on the line, star six, to come off mute? Monique, can you hear us? Yes. Okay, sorry. We're online. Thank you. Thank you. A link to our press kit, which includes bios, Missouri River Basin information, and historical data can be found in your media advisory. You can also access that from our website. We will now begin with... Doug Cluck, the NOAA Central Region Climate Service Director out of Kansas City, Missouri. He will give us a report of basin conditions and the uh, precipitation and temperature outlook. Hi, everybody. Um, thank you for having me on the call. Um, I'm basically going to cover this in sort of a chronological uh, uh, period. Uh, we'll look. Uh, we'll start by looking at sort of like week two. In other words, uh, about a week. Uh, a week from now through the next week, and um, then we'll jump to a monthly outlook, and then uh, we'll look very quickly at a three-month uh, uh, temperature and precipitation outlook. So just looking um, at the relatively near term, again, not next week, but the week beyond that, uh, conditions look like they will continue to be relatively, 
or chances for or, or warmer than normal conditions are higher for most of the north and western uh, portions of the Missouri Basin. Um, uh, and then, let's see here. For precipitation, it looks, uh, uh, again, it looks dry for that week two period uh, for almost the entire basin um, from Montana down to Missouri. Uh, or I should say, let me rephrase that, uh, chances of precipitation are, uh, are below normal for that, that time. If we switch to the month, uh, the one-month outlook, basically for the month of February, we can see that uh, um, uh, temperatures are forecast to uh, the chances for above normal for, uh, temp temperatures are higher than normal for the entire basin. Uh, the strongest probability of those higher temperatures actually are in the south and east part, basically from Missouri, uh, basically covering Missouri. And then as you move to the northwest, those probabilities of above normal temperatures decrease, but are still above, or uh, uh, still forecast to be above normal for the entire month of February. Uh, in terms of precipitation across the Missouri Basin um, for the month of February, there is very little, uh, very little um, forecast either above or below, which basically means there's an equal chance of below normal uh, precipitation, uh, near normal precipitation, or um, above normal. So below normal, near normal, and um, above normal, there's an equal chance of any of any of those three categories. Um, if we move to the three-month temperature outlook, which actually hasn't only gets updated once a month, and will be updated on get my date just right here. It will be updated on February 16th, the next time. So this is from January, uh, January 19th to be specific, and it uh, the the outlook, again, shows that below normal temperatures are uh, more likely to occur but only in Montana for the most part. Uh, that is the outlook right now for the uh, months of, let me be clear, February, March, and April. Um, and then for the lower basin, there is a uh, there are there are chances for above normal um, temperatures for basically Kansas and Missouri. Between Kansas and Missouri and Montana, there's again equal chances of uh, above, below, and near normal uh, temperatures. In terms of precipitation, there is for the western half of Montana. For those three months of February, March, and April, there is an above normal chance for precipitation. Not an extremely strong one, but uh, it does exist. Um, and then pretty much for the rest of the basin, conditions are, again, equal chances of above, below, and near normal uh, precipitation. And Thank you, Doug. That's about it. Yeah, unless there's any questions. Sorry to interrupt you. I thought you were done. Thank you. Um, we will now move on with Jody Farhat, Chief of Missouri River Basin Water Management Division. She's going to provide an update of current basin conditions in the Corps' reservoir release schedule. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. Thanks for joining us on the call today. We appreciate your participation 
and your help in keeping the public informed as we move into the 2012 runoff season. As I've mentioned on previous calls, flood control is certainly a primary consideration as we move into 2012. The Corps is committed to taking a more flexible posture in the regulation of the reservoir system and to schedule releases aggressively throughout the winter and spring if it appears 2012 will be another high runoff year. We're also committed to better communication, and this call and your efforts are part of that. Um, on to the current status of the reservoir system. The total volume of water stored in the reservoir system today is currently 56.3 million acre-feet. That's half a million acre-feet below the base of the annual flood control. This means that as of today, we have an additional half a million acre-feet of flood control storage available for the 2012 runoff season. Last year at this time, the system storage was at 56.9 million acre-feet, which is 100,000 acre-feet above the base of the flood control zone. Yesterday, we posted our updated February runoff and reservoir regulation forecasts on the Internet, and this morning we put out a press release regarding those studies. And now I'll have uh, two of the senior hydraulic engineers in my office talk about the various studies. I'm, we'll on, a, having, I'm on a call. Can you guys want to talk to you later? <laughs> Keep talking. Speak up. Oh. Um, now I'll ask two of the senior hydraulic engineers in my office to describe these studies in more detail. We'll begin with Kevin Stom to discuss the updated runoff forecast. Kevin? Thank you, Jody. January 2012 Missouri River runoff was 980,000 acre-feet, which is 131% of normal above Sioux City, and 760,000 acre-feet, which is 107% of normal above Gavin's Point. During the first half of January, temperatures were drastically above normal, allowing tributaries to flow freely, causing much higher than normal reservoir inflows. However, by mid-January, significantly colder temperatures caused tributaries in the Missouri River to freeze up, reducing inflows and reservoir storage in late January. The February 1 forecast for the 2012 calendar year runoff above Sioux City is 25.6 million acre-feet. This is 103% of normal. The February 1 forecast for runoff above Gavin's Point Dam is 22 million acre-feet, or 97% of normal. This is an overall reduction of 0.9 million acre-feet from the January 1 forecast, primarily due to the lower-than-forecast January runoff, a continuing lack of plain snow, and an expected return to normal precipitation and warmer conditions across the basin. Soil moisture in the basin is slightly above normal at this time in areas west of the Missouri River in the upper basin, while it is below normal in areas east of the Missouri River. Soil frost is variable throughout the upper basin and ranges from no soil frost in southern portions of South Dakota up to 24 inches in North Dakota. As of February 1st, plain snowpack was limited to a thin cover of less than one inch of SWE, or soil snow water equivalent, in northern and eastern South Dakota and eastern North Dakota. Mountain snowpack was 87% of normal above Fort Peck and 96% of normal from Fort Peck to Garrison. At this time last year, mountain snowpack was 112% and 111% of normal in the Fort Peck and Garrison reaches respectively. Mountain snowpack levels reflect an 8% of normal increase in the Fort Peck reach and no increase in normal levels in the Garrison reach since January 1st of this year. Normally, 61% of the peak mountain accumulation occurs by February 1st, so we have about 39% of the normal accumulation to go. 
The February Climate Prediction Center outlook reflects an increased aerial coverage of warmer than normal temperatures with continued equal chances of above, below, or normal amounts of precipitation. Through April, the forecast has increased probabilities of precipitation and below normal temperatures in the northern Rockies due to continuing La Nina conditions, while the remainder of the upper basin is forecast to have equal chances of above, below, or normal precipitation and temperatures. In February, lower than normal runoff volumes are forecast throughout the basin above Gavin's Point Dam. Likewise, lower than normal runoff is forecast in March and April due to a lack of plain snow, equal chances for precipitation as snow, and a warmer than normal temperature forecast. Due to a slight decrease in the probability for mountain precipitation combined with modest increases in mountain snowpack, the May through July runoff forecast are about 90% of normal runoff for the Fort Peck Reach and 101% of normal runoff for the Fort Peck to Garrison Reach. After July, runoff is forecast to follow a near to slightly below normal trend in the Fort Peck and Garrison Reaches. Runoff is forecast to be below normal in all other areas of the basin after May with the exception of the Sioux City Reach. The Sioux City Reach has consistently produced much higher than normal runoff for the past few years. The runoff forecast for this reach is 180% of normal for the calendar year. We will also provide a thorough explanation of our forecast on our website, and I believe that is it for my comments. Okay, now Joel Konopczynski will discuss the planned regulation of the reservoir system based on the forecast that Kevin just discussed. Go ahead, Joel. Thank you, Jody. Uh, we'll start with Gavin's Point releases, which averaged nearly 22,000 CFS in January. The warmer temperatures and the lack of river ice have allowed us to maintain the release at 22,000 CFS, and the plan is to continue this release through February. Getting into our February, February first studies and utilizing the runoff conditions that Kevin just discussed, at the beginning of March, with the start of the 2012 runoff season, under the basic runoff forecast, we anticipate being at 56.1 million acre-feet, or 700,000 acre-feet below the base of the annual flood control. This would make for a total of 17 million acre-feet of flood storage available for the 2012 runoff season. Uh, looking at navigation service level, this is used to determine the support releases from Gavin's Point Dam to help provide an 8 to 9 foot deep navigation channel downstream depending on the system storage conditions. Under the basic runoff forecast, we would be providing full service levels for navigation. This would require Gavin's Point Dam releases in the upper 20s to lower 30,000 CFS range. If drought conditions start to develop in the basin and runoff falls below projections, navigation service levels may be lowered for the second half of the season. Navigation season length, a full navigation season length is eight months long, going from April through November. Based on the studies, we anticipate having a full navigation season this year. The spring pulse, both the March and the May spring pulses have been canceled for 2012. This is due to a variety of factors, including the 2011 flood and its impacts on the existing infrastructure and ecosystem that are still being assessed, along with the ongoing review of the Independent Science Advisory Panel's report on Gavin's Point spring pulse. Total energy generation at the main stem dams for 2011, or I'm sorry, for 2012, uh, it is forecasted 9.9 uh, billion kilowatt hours, which compares to the long-term average of 10 billion kilowatt hours. Um, for more detailed information, please visit our website. And with that, my comments are finished.
Okay, so this is Jody again. In summary, all of the 2011 flood water has been evacuated from the reservoir system. And as of today, we have an additional half a million acre feet of flood control storage available. Both the plains and the mountain snowpack are below average for this time of year, and significantly lower than one year ago. But it's still early in the snow accumulation season, so we'll continue to remain vigilant and monitor the situation closely. Thank you, Jody. Brett Budd, the chief of the Omaha District Systems Restoration Team, will now provide a levy repair status update. Currently, the Omaha District has 18 time-sensitive levy re rehabilitation projects that are authorized and funded under Public Law 8499, also known as PL 8499. The estimate for this work is $280 million. In Iowa, levy L624-627 at Council Bluff. A construction contract was ordered on December 22nd to repair damages to the 28th Street and Veterans Memorial Bridge pump stations. The contractor has completed the demolition at both pump stations. Current construction activities of the 28th Street pump station include casting the gate well and water intake structure and placing discharge pipe. Current Veterans Bridge pump station construction efforts include dewatering elevated groundwater, driving piles and forming foundation for the pump house. Construction work at both pump houses is approximately 40% complete. Additional contract actions at L624-627 include recent awards of two purchase orders to repair drainage structures at 6th Avenue, 2nd Avenue, and Station 250. The drainage structure repairs are scheduled to be completed on March 1st. Levy L575, a construction contractor was awarded on October 25th to construct levy setbacks at three breach locations. The upper breach near Percival, the middle breach near Hamburg, and the lower breach near the Nishmatna River. The contract was modified on January 23rd to include construction of full height levees, seepage berms on both river and landside, filling scour holes to improve under seepage control, placement of topsoil and seeding, levee surfacing, installation of erosion control, geotechnical data collection, and repairing non-breach areas on L575. Project completion is 85% of the upper breach, 95% of the middle breach, and 10% of the lower breach. We are scheduled to be substantially complete with all critical repairs prior to March 1st. In Missouri, Levy L550, a construction contract was awarded on October 25th to construct levy setbacks at two breach locations, both near Phelps City, Missouri. The contract was substantially complete on January 19th at the upper breach location to pre-flood levy height. On the lower breach, the contractor is placing fill for levy embankment to pre-flood levy height. The lower levy setback is currently 45% complete and will complete by March 1st. Levy L536, a construction contract was awarded January 31st for the repair of levy L536. This task order can also be modified and have options awarded to include levies L601 and L594. Levies L611, 614, L616, R624, 627, which is in Omaha. Uh, levy L601-6 near Hamburg. Uh, L594 and R573 are being prepped for award in the near future. Our construction has just begun. Additional details will be available at the next call. Thank you, Brett. Robin Wonkum with the Emergency Operations Center for Kansas City District will now give an update on the status of levy repairs. Good afternoon, this is Robin Wonkum. Um, the Kansas City District has 57 rehab projects that we will be addressing 
The rough order magnitude of those damages is approximately $40 million. We currently have three contracts awarded. Two contract awards are pending, and we have a pre-solicitation announcements have been posted for several other projects. Currently, we have no active construction projects in Kansas. Within Missouri, the North Kansas City project is a construction contract awarded on 3 January to WA Ellis of Missouri to complete slope stability of, levee, of the levee via stone placement on the left descending bank of the Missouri River near River Mile 370. Rock placement is complete. The rock is being graded to establish the stability profile. Estimated completion will be mid-February. Wakandaw, a construction contract was awarded to Idecker Incorporated of St. Joseph, Missouri on Monday, January 23rd. Notice to proceed was issued on 25 January. The contractor is currently moving material near Wakandaw Creek for the levee setback in that area. Construction completion is scheduled for 1 May 2012. The third project, Rushville Sugar Lake, the contract was awarded on 30 January to ESI of Kansas City, Missouri. Notice to proceed was issued on 1 February of 2012. The contractor has mobilized equipment to the site for the completion of levy setbacks and other levy repairs in that area. Construction completion for this project is scheduled for 15 January, or 15 June, excuse me, 2012. For continuous updates, please refer to our website at at www.nwk.usace.army.mil and click on the Levy Rehabilitation tab in the center of the site. This completes the Kansas City District Report. Thank you, Robin. These calls are recorded in their entirety and can re be retrieved from the Corps' website by no later than close of business today. Questions will now be fielded by State for the Corps and for Doug Clough. We will begin with the State of South Dakota. Congressional delegation members on the line with questions. South Dakota Tribe. State officials in South Dakota. Local government, South Dakota. Members of the press in South Dakota. Hi, this is Tony Mangan at KCCR. Say, just a quick question. Do you have a list or do you have any idea what kind of repair work or renovation work is being done at the Oahe Dam or in that area following the flood and what you're doing at this point? Go ahead, Greg. Greg, move on down here. Hold on. Hey, Tony, this is Kurt Ruck. I'm going to have Greg Melema from our uh, operations division address that for you. Thank you. Hi, this is Greg Melema. Uh, Greg, excuse me, can I ask you to spell your name for me, please? Sure. Last name Melema, M as in Mike, E-L-L-E-M-A. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sure. Uh, at Oahe Dam, uh, we've got several items that we're going to be doing, repairs. We're going to be uh, doing some work at the spillway uh, gates and looking at the systems and doing necessary repairs there. Uh, we're going to be doing some erosion projects at the Stilling Basin, and one of those is really basically complete at this time. That was the erosion behind the wing walls? That's behind the wing walls, sir, yes. I think you may have gotten out and seen that, Tony. Yes, sir, I did. 
Okay. Uh, we will also be doing uh, other repairs on, on some gates that we have in the flood tunnels. Uh, those should be done uh, probably in the late spring time frame by the time that work gets wrapped up. Um, other than that, we have some erosion at one of our bridge. Most of the repairs are erosion control type issues. Uh, at the Outlet Works bridge, we have some repairs there. And then there is work downstream near the pier area on the uh, LaFramboise Island Causeway that we'll be working as well. How, any idea on a, on a cost at all? I mean, are you looking tens of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars? Or uh, Right now we have an estimate of around $17 million at Oahe Dam. How much of that work um, would would have to be done if it wasn't if you didn't have the flood? And I mean, how much of it would be just normal erosion that you would see in a given year? Yeah, all of this work is related to the flood damages that were incurred. And I know I know there was a lot of talk at the beginning, you know, throughout the flood and everything that the, that the dam held up well. As you're going through and, and working at the working on some of this, is that still the case? I mean, did the dam hold up pretty well despite everything? Absolutely. Yeah, they the, all these dams performed you know as designed and did a very good job. As as Greg said, this is mostly erosion work, and uh, the system stood up very well. Thank you very much. Thank you, Tony. Do we have any other members of the press with the state of South Dakota with questions? Moving to the state of Montana, reminder to press star six to come off mute. Congressional delegation members on the line with questions. Tribes. State officials in Montana. Local government. Press. State of Wyoming, congressional delegation members. Tribes. State officials, local government, press, state of Missouri, congressional delegation members, state officials, local government, press in the state of Missouri with questions. Yeah, hi, this is Bob Pretty at the Missouri NAP. Hi, Bob. We had some we had some folks at our capital uh, this week from Northwest Missouri and Southeast Missouri who were briefing members of the House and Senate about their experiences with the floods, and they mentioned some things that kind of caught my ear, and I thought I'd ask you about them. Um, a couple of things they mentioned looked at Gavin's point, and I want to ask about that. And, and I was I'm looking at the reservoir system storage map that you have in your press guide, and it says Gavin's point, if I understand this, only only has about seven-tenths of one percent of the total flood control storage in the system. Am I reading that correctly? That's correct, Bob. And, and one of the people who was at the, at the meeting at the Capitol suggested that Gavin's point seemed to her, at least, to be a logical place where storage could be expanded or increased. Uh, is, is it practical? I, I haven't been up to Gavin's point, so I don't know the ge geography of the area. But would it be, is it practical to expand the Gavin's Point storage capabilities there? Yeah, you know, it. Um, we we haven't looked at uh, any options such as that. Um, you know, the the volume of flood water that passed through the system this year um, was tremendous, and 
you know, it would take a, a very large increase in storage to make any appreciable difference. And, and there just isn't that kind of storage volume at uh, at Gavin's. It's it's very very small pool compared to uh, all the rest of them. Bob, that's John Bertino, chief of our engineering division. His name's spelled B E R T I N O. Common spelling for John. Well, in, in terms of in terms of not being able to increase the storage, is that because, is that because things are starting to flatten out there, and you just don't have uh, enough of a depth where you can do something? Oh, you mean raise the dam? Well, I, I, I don't know whether raising the dam or what would be the issue, but uh, they were just talking about expanding storage there, and I, there, I suppose there is, that would mean increasing the dam. Uh, as, as configured now, that dam and that pool, you know, it's, it's not configured for, for more storage, and that's, that's kind of the bottom line, and that is a limiting factor uh, with, with that dam. It's, we're, we're not, I guess, if I'm trying to answer your question, that we, we are not, there's no flexibility really to, to manage it differently to increase storage would be the best way to say it. Okay, that's good. Thank you. Now, one of the other things that one of these people said, and I don't know if this applies to all the other reservoirs too, but she said that one of the problems at Gavin's point is that, that it's getting silted in, that there's a lot of silt in the bottom of it, and that further limits the storage area. Is silt at all a problem in, in reducing the storage capabilities of your reservoirs, including Gavin's Point? Hey, I will tell you that, I mean, across the system, you know, these design, these, these, the whole system was designed for siltation throughout its life cycle. And, you know, the overall system is, is basically on track to below track to the amount of siltation that was, and sedimentation that was expected across the system. So I mean, you don't you don't build something this size and not not expect sedimentation to occur. So I, I don't think that that's really a limiting factor. It, it what it does is it does you know potentially create problems at at different uh, with different trips, but you know it's localized not across the entire system that someone down in Missouri would would be impacted by. Right, and I, I don't suppose there's any practical way to pump that stuff out of there, is there? Uh, there's many, many studies going on looking at what we can do with sedimentation, but in the end, you know, you're, you're correct. Um, pumping it out or uh, or uh, putting it in upland, the, the, the gains you would make by that probably would not would be offset by the cost. There was one other question I had. I've got a couple of others, but I'll save them for later because I don't want to dominate this business. Presiding Commissioner up in Atchison County said that they called the Corps early in the flood and they were asking for one of your big helicopters to bring in some sandbags and we're told it was going to take 72 hours to get everything done so they could do that. And while he was very complimentary of the sandbags that came in and the work you folks provided that, that saved a lot of damage in his county, he made the point that wounded soldiers don't have to wait 72 hours on the battlefield to get a helicopter to come in and get them. Is there a way to reduce uh, that, that turnaround time from the time a request is made until you can get a helicopter in the air delivering sandbags? Yeah, I'll be honest, you know, helicopters are not a Corps of engineer asset. They are an asset of the uh, state's National Guards. So, I mean, that, that's really where that question would be directed. And it works up to the state emergency managers. And we do help advise on those things. But, boy, I, I found the National Guard to be extremely responsive during this operation with, with the limited assets they had, with some of their assets deployed, uh, you know, in contingency operations around the world. Yeah, he had good things to say about the Guard. Thanks. I'll let you go. And I may have some more, a couple of questions later on. Thank, Thank you, Bob. Any other members of the press with State of Missouri with questions? 
Okay, moving to the state of North Dakota, just another reminder, star six to come off mute. Congressional delegation members with the state of North Dakota. Excuse me, this is Marshall White from the News Press. Hi, Marshall. In Missouri, could I? Yeah. Sure. I couldn't get off, uh, get on quick enough there. No problem. Jody, if I understand, if I understand things correctly, basically what's changed since January 20th is that we have now another extra 100,000 cubic feet or acre feet of uh, storage that we didn't have January 20th. Uh, that's correct. Um, the system storage actually dipped as low as uh, 56.1 million acre feet, and then we've had some warm temperatures. So uh, as of today, you're right, we have 100,000 more than we did two weeks ago. But your overall estimate for the entire season leading up to, let's say, May, is that you're going to have 700,000 cubic feet or acre feet available of additional space available for flood storage. Right. That And when that's, you know, I guess that number, what it is, is it's what we're forecasting for our March 1st storage is mm -hmm. to have 700,000 acre feet. Um, that will be very dependent on the weather conditions that we experience here in February. If it stays warm and water that has been locked up in river ice on the tributaries and on the main stem, if that melts out, uh, we may see system storage continue to rise and 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 go back up. Um, if it would stay cold and that water stays locked up or if we get another good cold spell that locks up even additional water, we could end up lower than that. So, But I think the important thing is, uh, you know, March 1st isn't some magic date on the calendar when the runoff season begins. You know, it's we're talking about all of the runoff here in the whole calendar year. And like I just mentioned, we, we've actually gained storage, which is 2012 runoff just over the last week or so. Okay. Um, how much of that 500,000 acre feet or the 700,000 acre feet is available at Gavin's Point? Uh, you know, Gavin's Point isn't one of our big storage reservoirs. We don't really, you know, it has a little bit of uh, flood control storage, but uh, that water is primarily in Oahe Reservoir at this point. I understand, but I am. Our, our readers are specifically concerned about Gavin's Point. Will there be any increased storage availability at Gavin's Point? Well, I think their their interest in Gavin's Point is. Uh, um, maybe misdirected. They should be looking at the total system storage because basically all the water that flows into Gavin's Point flows right back out. It's not where we, it's not a reservoir we use for flood control, except when we get a rainfall event right downstream of the dam, we can shut off releases. We store, you know, maybe a foot of water, two feet of water at most in Gavin's Point for that local flood event. But the, and that's what we're asking. Is there any additional storage going to be available this year at Gavin's Point in case we have a downwater event? Well, it's not in Gavin's Point. Right now, that extra storage is available in Oahe, and that's for the downstream folks. That's the best place to have it because when we have a downstream event, we shut back Gavin's Point releases and then right up the line up to Oahe. So when we're operating for flood control on the lower river, that water gets stored in Oahe. We're anticipating by March 1st that we'll have about two and a half feet of additional flood control storage in Oahe, and that is what will provide a benefit for the folks on the lower river. 
Okay. Um, have we got time to do a question in Kansas City? Sure. Uh, Kansas City folks? Yes. We're here. Uh, the operation at Rushville Sugar Lake, what's the total dollars on that? That is uh, $1.28 million. That's what it was and, awarded. Okay. And do we have any action yet on um, Elwood Gladden or South St. Joe? Uh, we are currently awaiting some uh, real estate certifications from our sponsors at that location. And uh, that is one of our pending contract awards. Hey, Mar yeah, Marshall, we're just waiting on a couple pieces of paper, and once we receive them, we're ready to award that project. Any anticipation, Jed, on how long that'll be? Uh, not really, but it shouldn't take too long. I think we're I think we're still trying to work with uh, uh, one particular uh, piece of real estate, and I think the issue is out-of-state uh, ownership. Okay. Is it possible that it'll begin in February? Yes. And how much is that? Are those two contracts? Do you have you uh, said that yet? Yeah. We can't disclose that until after the award. That's fine. That's fine. Okay. Okay. That's all I got. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Marshall. Do we have any other um, members of the press with the state of Missouri? We'll just go back there for a second since we went down there for Marshall. Um, who have questions? Okay. We'll jump back to state of North Dakota and um, I think congressional delegation members. Any on the line with questions for State of North Dakota? Tribes with State of North Dakota? State officials? Local government? Press with the State of North Dakota? Moving to Kansas, congressional delegation members? Tribes? State officials? Local government? Press. State of Nebraska, congressional delegation members? Tribes? State officials? Nebraska local government? Press with the state of Nebraska? Yeah, hi, this is Nancy from the World Herald. Hi, Nancy. Hey. You know, we got this big storm blowing across Nebraska right now. Um, do you have any sense of whether that's going to just um, drain into the Platte and then into the Missouri? Will any of this be into the dams? And just wondering what your impression is of the impact of the runoff and timing and amounts, that kind of thing. This is Colonel Rook. I mean, largely what we're seeing is this is a storm that will come in uh, below the dam system into the unregulated portion of the basin. Uh, we're in extremely dry uh, soil conditions down here, so if it falls as wet snow, it it will actually provide relief for a lot of farmers in the area. So no problem with any downstream levees that aren't totally ready yet. No, I mean there'll be a there'll be a minor impact on our construction operations for a couple of days, but was just out of Council Bluffs this morning, and and they're getting all buttoned up and and in good shape to uh to be prepared for this storm. Okay, all right, thank you very much. Thank you, Nancy. Any other members of the press with? State of Nebraska, who have questions? Yeah, hi, Art Hovey with the Journal Star in Lincoln. Hi, Art. Uh, first of all, a very simple question. Do I remember correctly there was no navigation season last year? No. Uh, the navigation uh, 
was closed for a good portion of the year because of the very high water. There was uh, a season uh, a couple months at the beginning and then beginning again, I think, in late September. Um, for this part of the river, the lower part of the river remained open, I think, throughout the season. Okay. And it was a co it was Coast Guard uh, yeah. decision to close down due to safety conditions. Right. Uh, and when will navigation season start this year, as it appears now? Um, April 1st at the mouth near St. Louis. Okay. And the other question I have, uh, I'm not good at math, and so if I tried to do this myself, my head might explode. Uh, <laughs> You give indication of 500,000 acre feet, and I was trying to think through at the maximum inflows that you were getting up north during flood season or when it was flooding last year, how long 500,000 acre feet might have lasted. You can see the implication of the question, I'm sure, uh, the way the water was coming in last year. How much does that really buy you, 500,000 acre feet? Well, we had uh, days that we gained nearly that much storage in a single day at the peak of the flood. Um, and then if you compare that to the release rate that we had, um, you know, we released that much water about every day and a half. Mm -hmm. so, I mean, in, in terms of, you know, it would hopefully allow us to take some level off the top of an event. Right? Uh -huh. And lastly, I'd like to follow up a little bit. I forget who said this, but someone was talking about uh, releases below Sioux City uh, and therefore below the dam system that they've been way higher in the last few years, and that's expected again. Can you go back to that point, please? Yeah, what that's referring to is the tributary flows on the trips that drain eastern, north, and south Dakota, the James, Vermilion, and Big Sioux. The flows in those three tributaries have been, uh, for the last couple of years, running much above the historic normal. And and the, that's what it was the, the James, for instance, went into the uh, the cold season basically in flood stage. Right. And it has the last couple winters. But those are, are all above the, the dam, or some of the dams, right? No, those come in between Gavin's Point Dam and Sioux City. They come in below the dam. Oh, oh I see. So I, I wonder if you could give me just a general statement here. Uh, last year, of course, was uh, not a good year. Uh, this year is looking much better at this point, but didn't much of the trouble that occurred last year come after this time, though? That's absolutely correct, and that's why you know I say it in my remarks that we're continuing to remain vigilant. You know, the snowpack is tracking below average in the mountains. We have almost no plain snowpack, but if you look back to last year, the trouble really began when the snow began to accumulate at much higher than normal rates in April, and then the tremendous rains that fell across the northern plains in May and June. And uh, one last question, uh, 575, I think I'm familiar with uh, where that is, but the one further down on the system that you've been repairing also, uh, is that 570? That's L L550. 550. And can you give me the status of it again in terms of repair and expectation by March 1? Well, all the, this is Brett, bud. All the critical repairs will be complete by March 1st. Uh, the upper breach was substantially complete on January 19th, 
The levee was reconstructed to full height and full width. Mm -hmm. And the lower breach uh, currently is 45% complete. And we anticipate no issues being substantially complete prior to March 1st. Yeah, and, and that, that means we've completed, you know, those breach sites. And, you know, we talk about having these critical repairs done on time, and that has been our goal. But there's still an increased risk on, on all these systems, and probably, you know, through the period about a year. And we will come back through, once these uh, breach sites are complete, and we have, we have a contract in place, come through and do a geotechnical study of, of these dams, the repair, or I should say of these repairs, and on the uh, existing levee. And, you know, that, that'll drive further decisions on things like leaf wells and increased seepage berms. And, but, you know, we are sub substantially ready to, to face high water and would have the ability to flood fight them in, 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 if we were to have another bad season. Uh, who is that talking? I'm sorry. It's Colonel Rook. Okay, very good. And uh, the city closest to 550 would be? Rockport. Yeah, Rockport, yes. Rockport, okay. All right, thanks very much. Thanks, Art. Any other members of the press with the state of Nebraska who have questions? Moving to the state of Iowa, congressional delegation members, state officials, local government, press. Do we have any national press on the line with questions? Any final questions before we conclude today's call? Okay, we will host our next call at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time on Friday, February 17th. The March calls will be held at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. The first one will be Tuesday, March 6th. Please note that it's Tuesday, March 6th. And then the second one will be Friday, March 23rd. An updated media advisory will be distributed as a reminder in advance of each call. Thank you for participating on today's call. We are now adjourned. <laughs>